0: When it comes to sustainability, I believe that we need to tackle this at an individual level, a business level, and a government government level. So I guess that's where it's come to be that I've implemented myself into all these different areas. It really started when I was in university. I was at um, University of Waterloo studying kinesiology. And I noticed I was bringing a Tim Hortons cup or a Starbucks cup or a coffee shop cup all to all my lectures. And those coffee cups, I saw this. It was a pictograph online where it showed one reusable cup and it showed 365 paper cups. And it said one cup can make a difference. And I just looked at my cup
1: and I just thought, what am I doing? You are listening to the Sustainably Circular Podcast. This show is dedicated to the circular economy and how, with a few key changes, you can help create a more sustainable world. No scare tactics, no shame. If we are going to do this, we need everyone actively engaged, on board, and including you. Your host is no other than Andy Streisfeld, who is the co-founder and partner at MEA Health, Canada's first stop for PPE recycling. You are here for one thing, to better understand the circular economy and your role in it every episode, we dive into the key issues around sustainability and the circular economy so that you can lead others in this new world. So tune into the show, turn up the music volume, and let's get to it. The future
0: belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Eleanor Roosevelt.
2: Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Sustainably Circular Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Spreisfeld. And this is an exciting series that we're putting forward. As you heard in the past episodes, we went from the rank and file, people who deal with sustainability, people who talk about sustainability. And now we are moved into industry, people who actually recycle and use circular economy as a model in their business. And now it's election season. We just had provincial elections back in, in June, and the current government uh, doesn't show any signs of of uh, being friendly towards the environment or sustainability. And uh, now we're heading into municipal elections in October. So the cycle, this uh, media cycle that we're going to do now is a four-episode arc. We're going to be talking with uh, local municipal politicians, provincial candidates, uh, leaders of political parties, and then uh, non-governmental organizations or people who are in the know, who influence policy and politics. And one of those people are here with us in the studio. is Carly Sordis. Carly, how are you
0: Hi, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, Andy. How are you?
2: Fantastic. Thank you. It's been a pl- It's a pleasure having you and uh, I'm feeling great. Thank- I'm feeling great that you're here. And I'm really motivated by that quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. So I guess the first question is, how did you come about it? And what drives you from that?
0: Yeah, that quote has just stuck with me. The second I saw on a wall, when I was in high school, I was working in a clinic and um, they just had one of those vinyl stickers on one of their walls for motivation. And it said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And in my eyes, sometimes I thought my dreams were too big or the dreams that I have for our world and our environment and our Ontario are things that I'm still visioning and things that I don't see implemented. So it was this really nice reminder that I'm not alone in thinking that my dreams can come true as to what I think our environment can head towards. So I truly believe in the beauty of our dreams and there's there's no um no point in giving up because it's putting up a good fight.
2: So you are an allied healthcare professional. You are a, um, a local businesswoman, you have been the federal candidate for the Green Party for Brantford Brandt. You've been the provincial candidate for Brantford Brandt. I see politics. Uh, you're also part of the, the, the city's sustainability committee. So I see politics and, and, um, and advocacy as part of your mantra, part of that, uh, that fiber that makes you use. So how did you get into all that?
0: Yeah, correct. When you when you say it like that, I'm like thinking of all these hats that I put on. I'm like, wow, there there are multiple hats that I'm wearing, but when it comes to sustainability, I believe that we need to tackle this at an individual level, a business level, and a government government level. So I guess that's where it's come to be that I've implemented myself into all these different areas. It really started when I was in university. I was at um University of Waterloo studying kinesiology. And I noticed I was bringing a Tim Hortons cup or a Starbucks cup or a coffee shop cup all to all my lectures. And those coffee cups, I saw this. It was a pictograph online where it showed one reusable cup and it showed 365 paper cups. And it said one cup can make a difference. And I just looked at my cup and I just thought, what am I doing? So I that day going forward, my goal was to only use reusable cups. And that that was in a November time. So when January came around, I gave myself a month and a half to really kind of build these habits. And when January hit, I counted every single day when I used a cup. And I went 4 cups, paper cups that I used in 365 days. And what I recognized were those cups were gifts from friends. Somebody would show up at my work and gift me an apple cider if I was having a long day. So I tried to keep I tried not to put myself down when I did receive a paper cup, because my mind always said this was a generous thought. Self-care matters. And this was just a wonderful gift to, to receive as a nice, warm beverage. So that was how I kind of got started to really take action on our environment as an individual. The next step that I did was recognize that we were using so many plastic straws. And anytime I went to go buy a stainless steel straw, it was wrapped in plastic. And we know our number one polluter is single-use plastic. So I was so confused why we were trying to fix one thing and causing another, another problem. So I started selling straws in bulk. I would hand them to people in a, in a paper bag and say, here's your straw. Look at you saved a single-use plastic. I saved my money up from that when I was in university, and I bought glass straws from Straw Hopper. She's local in Cambridge. She has the first ever reusable or recyclable glass straw that's been able to be implemented into waste management. And it, it all of a sudden turned into a business where I help others reduce their plastic waste by using items that I guess, in turn, create a circular economy. Once you have one item, it shouldn't go to landfill. It should be reused and reused over again. And um, I guess going into the government side, my cousin sent me a message and said, Hey, Carly, I know you like to pick up trash. There's an event going on for Canada Day. (laughs) And I didn't know whether to be excited or offended. And um, I jumped in and I was living in Waterloo at the time, but I jumped in back in Brantford And I met Andy Tonkin, Ken Burns, Cheryl Antonsky, all these wonderful individuals in Brantford. And it ended driving me back to move to my hometown, back to Brantford. And I participated in the Canada Day event where they were just starting to do audits for Canada Day on waste. So I was a part of the first ever event because like my cousin said, I love to pick up trash and make sure that there's no litter on our earth. And it all of a sudden turned into these connections of policies and committees that are trying to make change. And that's where going back to that quote is, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And there's all these individuals that believe in the dream of a sustainable future and circular economy and waste management and these policies that are affecting individuals. And I figured I got to join them. They know this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is exactly what I I believe we can head towards. And next thing you know, I guess, five years down the road, I am running for the provincial election, the federal election, and I'm just trying to really be a big sponge and build these connections in a community. And um, now we're here. So it's been quite an adventure. It started from a straw or a paper cup and now I, I'm recognizing how big this issue is and how involved that we can get.
2: So the the famous proverb, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, and that's that's pretty much what started with you and and in your in your journey going the distance. So let's fast forward now. You were you're out of university. You're in the community. Um, you are part of a, I think a family business, if I remember correctly, and uh, and and now you you run for federal politics.
0: Yes, it's. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Tell the listeners today about what is I won't talk about what happened when you ran because a lot of people have forgotten them because it was just at the beginning of COVID. But I, I guess my question to you is talk about the, the stance in the environment, sustainability at a federal level and you've done it at the provincial level, and now you're involved in the municipal level because you're you're involved in the sustainability committee. Can you give the listeners a, a taste of how you see um your activism? at these levels like what what do people need to know about a federal candidate green or whatever who's fighting for that fight in the provincial and a, and a municipal level
0: with being under the green party we are a, a very small party right now but we're recognizing how powerful our voices are in recognizing climate change our current generation or i guess the millennials as well are very gung-ho with making sure That we are going to have a future that they, they want a future for our grandkids and seven generations above that to focus on. And if it's not sustainable in seven generations, we shouldn't be doing that now. And a lot of that is within the Green Party platform, both federal and provincial is knowing that we can save money as an economy or as an individual to build a green economy. So if we help people save money and save energy, then we can head towards a greener future and having these ideas on a platform and knowing that they can put through with action is a smart decision. And we're noticing other parties recognizing that on their platform as well. And for the Green Party, and I guess as an individual for activism, it doesn't matter who implements it. It just needs to be implemented. So, the, so we've really been a, a thorn within our current government's behind. <laughs> and that's exactly what needs to be done is making sure that we're putting our environment first because we know both federal and provincial that these policies aren't strong enough. The goal is to become carbon neutral by 2050. Um, I guess I can really celebrate tomorrow being the earth overshoot day where we're using all of our natural resources by for the full year by July 28th. Then we've got like what, five more months left. So I believe that greens, any green idea needs to be implemented at a government level to make sure that individuals are being heard and to make sure that our earth has a voice as well. So it's it's been quite a journey, but we really do need more green individuals in the House of Commons or within caucus to make sure that we can head towards a future that we all are, are hoping for.
2: All right. So at a federal level, you've had um, you've had COP twenty six. You've had a a, a new uh, environment minister. I mean, you've had a new clim- uh, climate change minister take over from an uh, from an older one, uh, Minister Wilkinson. And now we fast forward to you know what's going on with with the Ukraine and the world and gas prices going crazy and recycling you know taking the forefront. And now we have the provincial elections that just come come. Do you notice a difference in, in the way politicians at these levels think? Like, um, I think, if I remember correctly, I was involved in politics, and I have to say that your platform was very, you know, very um, motivated to, to help the environment. It was, um, you know, by far next to the party I support, uh, supported. It was the, the going policy to try to help us get to 2050. So the question is, do you notice a difference when, when you're running Or when you're just talking to people and saying, well, you know, this, the province should be doing this and the feds should be doing this. Or do you you feel that it's all one, you know, one noise and that everyone should just be part of silencing it?
0: Yeah, I recognize that it needs to be bigger than what it is. So many individuals have this voice, but I believe it's not being heard by our current government, especially relating it to platforms like major respect for Harvey Bischoff and the NDPs and Brantford Brantford Brant for pushing their platform as well to recognize the importance of climate change. The liberals, they're on board with it as well, too, but not enough to meet the targets that we need to and as well as the conservatives not really recognizing that climate change is on the forefront when we're building highways. So I see a bit of disconnect with our current government, but I also see a bigger disconnect amongst individuals getting out there to vote, yet they recognize all of these are a problem. So I think once we become more connected, I think education and sharing ideas is power. And the more we share ideas and the more we recognize what's going on and using our voices, I think that will be the biggest shift that we need in our government. And maybe recognizing that on the major party platforms as well, exactly what needs to be done. I think our our current government is very, I say, reactive instead of being proactive, yet individuals want us to be more proactive. So I think we need a, a lot more implementation within policy. Uh, I like how you mentioned at the beginning how you said um, one step. What did you say? One step. The
2: journey. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step.
0: Yes. Yeah, so those steps can be small. They can be large at a government level and an individual level. Some individuals, I'm sure, don't recycle and could care less. Yet others are on the other side that are ready and just want to push this to go through, but nothing's going to get changed unless the government also implements these policies for everybody to change. So those steps can be small on an individual or government level, or they can be big steps. And even with Lifecycle Revive, that's a big step to help businesses and individuals and the government to get on board with the circular economy. So if we can take larger steps or make sure our government is taking larger steps by voting in a party that is willing to take action on climate change, then we can reach those targets quicker. So it all depends what our society and what we want and how large of a step that we're willing to take towards a sustainable future and the circular economy, whether we know what's coming or not. It's um, are we going to start taking these small steps or are we going to take a few
2: giant leaps as well? Well, there we go. That's the call to action. So now we've, we've talked about what was. And now let's talk about, Carly, what is going to be the future? So you are taking a break from politics, you, I, I, and that's fantastic. We thank you for your service. Now, as a public citizen, as a business person, um, what do you see? What do you see the next, the next year to four to five years we should be doing? Like, what is the call to arms that if you were now – in charge, you know, if you have the power, what are what are we advocating here? Uh, what What can what can we do? Tell us, tell us, I guess, two or three steps that you think uh, we can do as citizens of this world, the citizens of this country, of this province, of this city. Um, what can we do to help you help ourselves?
0: What a great question! I guess I could speak forever on this. And the nice thing with being in politics, it's like, hand, hand me over that microphone because I've got a lot to share over here. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is is uh cigarette butts. Cigarette butts are one of the miss um it's a disconnection that we have and many you'll ask any person and they'll say they don't litter. 99% of people say they don't litter. But how many smokers are there in our world and how many of them flick their cigarette butts on the ground? So again there's a company called TerraCycle that recycles cigarette butts and in the filters of cigarette butts, there's plastic inside. So we're truly littering plastic every time we litter a cigarette butt. So outside of politics, I run, it's a municipal um, team. We, we're the Brantford team for the Butt Blitz Challenge. There's a company called The Greener Future and twice a uh, Two times a year for a full month, we pick up cigarette butts and we see how many we can pick up and we take a photo with it and we send it into TerraCycle to recycle. And it is one if there is one way to get marketing out, it's going in and getting your hands dirty and talking to people as they walk by. So many people will ask me if I've lost something and then I'm like, no, let me tell you what I'm doing. And now they've told 10 people who aren't going to be littering their cigarette butts or they'll be putting their cigarette butts in something else. So, the first thing I would say, we just gotta really get the connection with cigarette butts. And if you see it, put on a glove and pick it up if you can, or collect it and um, join our butt blitz challenge. And of course, two of them happened, of course, during the election. So, in September, while running in the election, Uh, my group of 10, we collected 26,000 cigarette butts. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought the provincial election was a lot busier. We got more momentum. We were doing more in person versus online. I was just everywhere and couldn't get out as much for picking up these cigarette butts, but we ended up picking up 16,000 cigarette butts. So... I say action speaks volumes, whether it's trash cleanups, uh, diverting your waste, recycling, or picking up cigarette butts. Those are all individual steps we can take that make a big difference. You get 10 people in a room that pick up these cigarette butts, and then all of a sudden you have 26,000. And the next thing I would say is, See if there's a local refillery in your area. I believe the future is going to have a refillery in every single municipality. Right now, I have an online refillery. It's carsnaturalcreations.ca. And anybody can come to my house and refill hand soap, dish soap, laundry soap, all-purpose cleaner, different items that we don't need to use single-use plastics or we can head towards a sustainability and circular economy. I guess my first one, I had quite a few answers in there, but I guess the third one I would say is supporting businesses uh, that you're involved in, Andy, especially those that are heading towards a circular economy like Lifecycle Revive, like TerraCycle, um, like the Loop System. I'm not sure if they're in Canada yet, but they were in US using bigger companies to use um, re reusable um, packaging instead of going to the grocery store and using a single package and supporting our local farmers and our farmers markets. We can take a lot of action as an individual. Just take it one step at a time because it's a lifelong journey and you can't get overwhelmed because it's a whole lifestyle change when we're switching to a circular economy.
2: You know, you just said it and thank you very much for that. It is a lifestyle change. It is It is something that we need to you know, shed the past to, to, to wear something new for the future. And uh, definitely, we're going to, for those of you listening in, we're going to have uh, Carly's um, website on our show notes, as well as uh, all the others. Uh, Loop is actually in Canada. I know that um, TerraCycle made a big launch uh, last year with the Loblaws on the Loop program. So they're here. We're going to have that in the show notes. So Carly, as, as we're as we're winding up, um, just uh, a couple things just to, to get your thoughts on it because uh, I, I'm I'm really happy to if you if you've listened to the show I've been a little harsh on activists like um, the only real activist that that really rubs me the wrong way and I really have to I have to apologize uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm an old fogey I'm crotchety and she's a young woman trying to make the change in the world and. Been,
0: I you don't even need to say your name. I think I know who you're going to say. Yeah, and I've
2: been I've been dumping on her and I feel bad about that. But I I guess the question is you you don't come across as one of those types of uh, activists. So what is your mantra? Like why why are some really out there and you are like this most personable person that I would love to sit and have a conversation.
0: <laughs> the house is on fire, Andy. Don't you know Gre- Greta Thunberg?
2: <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Thank you so much. Yes.
0: She she's an inspiration for me, but I guess I I get my um my way of living is from Jane Goodall. She's my inspiration, and um, you need to be connected with nature and be able to um build that connection. But um I see where Greta is going with that way of eliciting fear and panic and emergency, and I think that's a, a I hate to use the word like cry for help. It's like, we're on our last leg. How do we get it across any clearer besides letting them know we're in an emergency and a crisis? So I think that's the way that she has taken things as well as the Fridays for Future where you um, you protest on Fridays out front of schools and ideas like that. But um, my step is getting involved and how can I make a change In policy, because that's where I believe the true change is. It needs to be professional, it needs to be collaborative, and it needs to come across at all levels of government and individuals within the community. So for me, it's not about eliciting fear. I think we need to adapt to our climate, anyways. And the more we get others to understand, and I love chatting with people who are on the other side of, or I guess, anti climate change individuals. I love those conversations because I can see their perspective and my perspective, but it's not forcing it down their throat. It's knowing that we can have a greener future with both ways of life. We need to figure out how we can merge this path together and making sure that we can all understand that this future is better for all of us and not just um, fear-inducing, if that's the best way to put it.
2: You you are so eloquent. It's just exactly it's exactly what rubs what what grinds my gears. And when it comes to this this share this scare tactic thing, I don't I don't react well to it. Right? Like I don't I, like I understand that this is why I'm in this industry. Like I saw medical waste killing this this planet. I saw and heard the prime minister you know talk about sixty eight thousand tons of PPE going in landfill. But I said. Prime Minister, four times as much as being generated by dentists, veterinarians, and hospitals. You never worried about that before. So really, you got to look at the overall picture, and that's why I I helped create those two companies that, that I work with and work for because you know we have to, you know the terror cycles of the world, the life cycles, the MEAs, the whatever companies out there doing their thing. We're trying to fix what's, what's wrong, and sometimes I just look at the activism. I see good ones, I see bad ones. I see people I like, like you I see people I don't like, like her. And then, and then it's just, it's, it's awkward because as a journalist, you want to try to give even keel and who knows, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Greta, if you're here, if you're listening to this, I uh, would love to have you on the show. Uh, like send me an email, Andy at sustainablycircular.ca. And uh, we'll do that way. Um, for those of you listening listen to the show, we're, we're located here in Brantford, Ontario. Carly is, um, was ran here in Brantford, Ontario. Uh, this, is, I guess, is a final question. Uh, it's, it's, as we move into the municipal elections, as we talk about the, the year in transition and sustainability, um, I just want to get your thoughts. And if you, if, you have, if you have them, great. If not, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. So um, I, I think the, the funny thing and the, and the sad thing is that uh, we've had a loss this year, Tracy Bucci, uh, pathway, and she was uh, a great proponent for environmentalism with her river cleanups. And now you have political candidates like Brantford Batman, who who is out there, you know, cleaning up parks, you know, putting out the message, come join him for this. And you never see that in a politician. Uh, Well, yes, we see it in you, but you never see it in like a mayoral candidate or or, or whatever. So can you give me your thoughts on where you think we're heading in this, like this activism? Is this the type that will save us is, or will there be people who will step up? Are there other people that we don't know about that need to be mentioned in the show or anywhere else that, that need the attention so they can help. So we can help these people.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess I have the squirrel moment in my head when you said, if Greta is listening, so I have to like comment on that too, saying i love to agree to disagree. So hello, Greta. And if you listen to this podcast, I'm a fan, you're on my team. But we we have different approaches. <laughs> um, just in case she's listening, Andy, because you never know where this goes one day.
2: Exactly, you know?
0: And um, so yeah, the municipal election is coming up and it is a big topic because I see I see the pushback from our current city council on implementing initiatives that are green. I I think I think we um I think our city councilor is. City council is great. There, there's some phenomenal individuals on there. But I think if we're losing some of our main leaders in that, like Cheryl Antonsky, I hope it doesn't get set to the back. So I'm, I'm really trying to research on those who are running. I'm quite surprised as to uh, the lack of candidates so far, but I'm hoping that there's going to be more that put their hat in the ring because it's a great opportunity. To use your voice and a great opportunity to connect with the community. So I guess I don't have any personal uh, recommendations or who who I really want to advocate for. But of course, Andy, if you, if you ran for the election, I would totally be on your campaign. And um, I will I'll definitely be doing my research once all the individual names are in the hat and um, supporting those who I believe would make the best uh, roundtable for city council and uh, making sure we're headed towards a, a sustainable future. I, I know City Council wears multiple hats and sometimes their hands are tied, but I see how far advocating can go. Like uh, when we had the climate change emergency, or it, I, I was a delegate for the climate change emergency in 2019, and I saw how many people showed up to City Council to hold them accountable when this should just be a no-brainer, a city council should be there for our constituents. So I'm really hoping to make sure that those who have their hat for the municipal election are those individuals that I would like to visualize around the table. Or what I kind of joke about is (laughs) I'm a big fan of Sheryl Antonsky. So my vision is whoever Sheryl Antonsky would vote for in each ward, I'm sure is who I would want to vote for as well.
2: And with that, you... um... Have been a fantastic guest. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with with us uh, your visions, your 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 past, your present, and your future. And uh, for uh, for those of you who are paying attention, the show notes will will be available, and you'll be able to get all the information and every uh, website and every contact that uh, Carly has put forward. Um, you'll be able to, to touch on uh, and, and 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 communicate. Carly, please stay with us on uh, here. I'm just going to wrap up. So. If you really enjoy the show, we're available on iTunes and Spotify and on our website, sustainablycircular.ca. Your support, your questions, your concerns drive us. This four uh, episode arc that we're doing now in politics, this gives you an opportunity to ask some questions. Uh, Ask ask of yourself and ask around you, like things that you wanna know and you wanna hear about sustainability and circular economy. This is what we're here for. We're trying to make change and uh, I'm rejuvenated with this uh, story arc, um, I'm going to let out a secret. We are going to have Mike Schreiner on the show, the leader of the Ontario Green Party. He will be here. Uh, he will, the, the, that episode will air sometime in mid-August. So please send your questions in. Have your, have your say. Listen to the show. Tell your friends about our show. Uh, like us on Facebook or on Instagram do your part and I'll definitely do mine and give you a high quality show time and time again. So until then, I wish you all the best and, uh, stay safe. Thanks again.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the sustainably circular podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whichever podcast platform you're tuning in from much like this show. Andy and the team love getting into the good and the bad and everything in between. So feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show and we will give you a shout out on the next episode. If the episode made you think of someone that needs to hear this message, take a screenshot, send them a message or discuss it with them over coffee. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all in this together. In case you want to learn more about how we can help you with PPE recycling, please visit our website at www.meahealth.ca. Once again, it's www.meahealth.ca. We appreciate you and can't wait for you to join us for the next episode.